Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Judy, how are you? I am great, and it's lovely to be with you. I didn't ask you where in the world you are. Oh, I'm here in lovely Boston, Massachusetts, where it's like 100 degrees out today. Yeah, no, we're right <laughs> there with you. We're in Texas where it's baking like... Oh, my gosh. You know what was hilarious is I saw this woman bake bread in her mailbox in Texas. Oh, my goodness. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's ridiculous. I reckon you could proof anything out there at the moment. Save electricity, people. Go proof your cake out in the sun. Seriously, when I saw that, I was like, no, 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 that's not real. And she, like, documented the whole thing. She brought out the dough. She put it in her mailbox. Like, four hours later, a whole loaf of bread right there. So <laughs> I have to try that. <laughs> well, you let me know how that goes. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's such an honor to have you, Judy. I love your radiance, your energy, all the beautiful things. I cannot wait to get into your story because you have done quite a bit and the work that you're doing right now. Like you were just telling me, November, you're going to be teaching a money DNA class in Disney World. Like that is the coolest thing on planet Earth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love Disney, my favorite place on Earth. Uh, loved Disney to bits, made Disney a promise, Walt, when I was about nine, that if he wasn't there to bring the magic, I would. And so I've, I've kind of held true to that. And yes, money DNA, we're going to teach people where does yours come from? How does, it, how does it affect you? What can you do with it? And those events tend to sell out pretty well. And we're staying at Beach Club, which is right in that beautiful quarter by Crystal Lagoon. It's gorgeous. Oh my goodness, Judy. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to hear about how you got into all of this. And, and this is like a sneak preview to what I'm going to ask it a little bit. So I love this. I love this, but I really, really want to know, Judy, like what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? So I'm going to be very, probably very unconventional. When I left South Africa, we moved here with just with nothing. Moved here, and then my father was killed two years later. I think it was, oh. yeah, about two years later. No, four years later, but at any rate, he was killed, and he was the breadwinner. He was the one who was doing the immigration stuff. He was getting us all sorted out, and that went bye-bye. And it was a case of either I'm going to go crazy or I'm going to write books. So I decided books was probably a better alternative. Started writing, uh, stumbled into what I do now, and met a person who said, come and study with me and I'll help you with a book. And I went and studied with him and got zero help with any book. But it started me down this journey. And then people said to me, well, if you can do this, can you do it for companies? And that got me in front of companies. And so I, I work with Fortune 500 and Fortune 50 companies. And I work with legacy families and high profile individuals. And I love what I do. And then I think about five years in, somebody said to me, of course you could do this. And I, I said, why? And they said, because it comes from South Africa originally, which I did not know at the time. And it's based in systemic work and constellations, which is based on the Zulu nation in South Africa. And 
full circle moment for me was when I left South Africa, because my background was in the healthcare arena. When I left South Africa, my farewell speech was given by a Zulu gentleman, one of the surgeons. And he said to me, you may have left South Africa, but you will find a way to represent us in the world. And I went, yeah, yeah. And now I represent that tribe every single day because that's the basis of the work. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Constellation special. Yeah, we're going to get into all of this for sure. Because this is, this is amazing stuff, Judy. I'm mesmerized. I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. So you mentioned a little bit about Disney earlier. So who or what inspired you at a very young age? That would probably, with two things. Disney was one. I was always that Disney person and I loved magic. Family first. Family is my number one. My second, my number two value is magic. Magic of the soul, magic. I, I love magic. So it was literally, and I can still remember it as a kid, driving down in the car and they said Disney had died. And I burst into tears and said, but who's going to make magic in the world now? And everybody laughed and they were quiet. And I said, well, well then I will. And that stuck with me. It's been with me everywhere I go. It's on my watch. It's on my phone. It's it's here. Because, and I think the reason that he inspired me was when I got to Disney World for the first time, I cried for a week. Everybody was laughing. I was crying because I was so overwhelmed by what we can do when we put our minds to it, what incredible things we can create. And that's never gone for me. So then I started thinking about what would happen if I did an event at Disney World? And I walked in and said to them, you know, what would the price be? And it's exorbitant. You have to put down a large amount. So you had better be committed. And I think that taught me commitment. I mean, I about had a heart attack at the amount I had to put down, but it worked. And I've been doing it ever since. And then the money DNA one that came up was because people talk about money a lot, but they demonize it. And for people who read my, my book, I went on a money walk because I was feeling pretty desperate at the time. Dad, dad had been killed and I'm, I went and I went, okay, listen, God, the guides, the universe, I need to talk to money. And there was sort of a bit of a chuckle, if, I, if anything, and I wasn't hit on the back of the head with a piece of two by four. So I thought, okay. And I had a long conversation with money and I realized I'd been having conversations with money from as young as four because my mom used to plant canna lilies and I picked up all the seeds that had spat out because I realized at that age that if I gave her those seeds, she could plant more and it would make more and it would grow and grow and grow. And then way back, if there were bottle tops made of steel and the bottles were glass and you could take them in for a penny each. And I thought, People are just dropping money on, well, I'm going to pick it up. So I'd always had this fascination. But I think then when I got married, everything kind of fell apart. I married somebody whose wife had uh, died of breast cancer mm. and um, inherited two kids. Things were very tight, super tight. And I, it was like my, money suddenly I was out of whack with didn't know how to make it happen. And I'd gotten so out of whack by the time we got here that it was time to have that talk. And I had a long talk and it started off with giggles at myself and laughs and 
turned into lots of tears when I realized what I'd been doing because I'd literally pushed money away. I had my jar and another jar, and I took three coins out, hit a jackpot, realized it was from the other jar, and went, oh, dear. And in, in my family, your top value as well is, or one of the top ones is honor and honesty. Any fool would have taken three coins and put them in, not this fool. I went and said oh, to, to my mother-in-law, I used your money by mistake. I used three coins. The jackpot came from yours and she took it. And people think that's awful. It's not. It's not. Money was telling me I'm trying to play with you. And I wasn't having it. If it wasn't tied a certain way, it wasn't coming to me. And, and I became very aware of that. So I go on this walk and there are lots of tears and lots of laughter. And on the way back, I started talking to money about what I'd really like to do with it and how I'd like to play with it and be friends with it and really talking. And I turned around and I picked up a $1, a $2, a $5, at least a $1, a $5, a $10, a $20, a $50, and a $100. And people still go, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. And at that, when I picked up the 100 I made a promise and I said to money, you're, you're not thought of kindly. We've been demonizing you for centuries. We don't realize that you're not a commodity. You are a relationship. Mm. To teach people how to show up in relationship with money because it's going to change their lives and we'll stop thinking there's a scarcity in the world. There is not. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we, we live in this society that, you know, money's the root of all evil and, you know, bills and this and that. And, you know, me growing up. So I came to the U.S. when I was about five years old from Albania. So we went from Albania to Italy to here. And so the interesting thing about it is, you know, when we came here, you know, my parents, so they grew up in the communist era in Albania. You know, until 1991 when I was born and everything collapsed. So, you know, there's been a whole, there was a whole shift. So like they were, they were taught almost under the communist rule, you know, that everyone has everything. And then, you know, coming here, it was very much like scarcity mindset and, and not that it's their fault. It's just, you know, they didn't have when they came that's here. The so. That was the mindset. And if you've got yeah. that mindset, that's how it shows up. Absolutely. So, so many of us have this scarcity mindset that's ingrained in us from such a young age. So when you mentioned relationship, I totally resonate with that. And it's something that I'm still working through, right? Like despite the success and despite everything, it's still something that I'm like, oh man, like I, I need to get that. Because You've got an unconscious loyalty to the old way, which many of us do. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I'm, if I'm, don't be greedy. Love of money is the root of all evil. Surprise, surprise. No, it's not. Lust of money, maybe. Love of money, not at all. It knows that you're giving it respect and acknowledging it so it will come and play with you. But we do sit with a vast number of those mindsets. And it's the, yeah. between money and or, or the, the bad rap that it's given and being victims, uh, yeah. we've got ourselves very fast asleep when, in fact, if we would just wake up a little bit and make friends with money and recognize we're not stuck and start switching, doing that, that neuroplasticity thing and laying down neural pathways that say, by the way, one new thought, one new feeling, one new action, and you're no longer living multi-generational traumas and patterns. You're fully present 
with a very different future. It's no longer your predictable future. And that's where we have to get to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for you on your journey, Judy, like, how did you come to this realization of, of all of this? So you were here in the U.S., coming from South Africa. Like, what was that experience like? Because like, Terrifying. Yeah. Like, walk me through that. Like, what happened kind of throughout the journey before you realized Gosh, yeah, it was super scary. It was, it was. I mean, I went for, to go and buy groceries for the first time and went home in tears because they had too many potatoes to choose from. In, in South Africa, you got potatoes. It's not potato, 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 which, by the way, I have grown to love. I love the opportunities and the varieties that are here. Anyone who says that the American dream is dead is not... It's not looking at what's possible. So yeah, it was super scary. We were scared for a long time, especially after my dad was killed. And then I took over doing the immigration. And that story, actually, I haven't shared in a long time. Um, we used to pick up pennies because it had in God we trust. And if you had a penny in your pocket, you weren't broke, which, by the way, came from my father. He used to say, if you've got a penny in your pocket, you're not broke. So multi-generational pattern. But um, when he died, I walked into the room to go and get my purse for, for the funeral. And there was a penny perched on top of my purse in a way it couldn't have been. And since then, whenever I do an event, people now know me for that. I, I walked into one event and everybody was standing like this. And I said to them, what's going on? And they said, your penny's waiting. So they, they now know pennies appear for me wherever I do events. They, they always show up. But it was it was collecting those pennies and remembering that you've just got to give money a place to grow. If you don't, it's going to disappear. But if you're clear about your goals, then you'll do just fine. And so anyway, I picked up the pennies and um, I called the immigration lawyer and somebody picked up and they said, how can we help? And I told them, look, dad's been killed. This is what's going on. And the guy said to me, there was a long silence. And I'm like, hello. And the guy says, your father was speaking to my father. My father died two days ago. I was about to disconnect this number in the next 20 minutes. Wow. We were the last yeah. case that he took before he stopped uh, in, in the law firm and got us through immigration. So, but when we, when I went to go and see him, oh, so, so he says to me, and I said to him, gosh, you know, I, I was telling him about the pennies. And there was another silence. And he said, you know, I was on the, the ice rink the other day, just after my dad had been killed with my daughter. And there was a penny in the middle of the ice rink. And I said to my daughter, wouldn't it be funny if I could just pick it up? And I did. And it had my father's birthday, birth year on it. So now we're sitting looking at each other going, whoa. And I go to go and meet him. And we're talking about the whole immigration piece. And the secretary down the way opens her wallet and the money flies everywhere in a penny rolled between us. So we knew there was there was something to the penny. So we had that and it was keep going, keep going. I mean, we did all sorts of bits of work like many people do. And um, then, as I say, I started writing the books uh, and I was doing research. I stumbled into this and I pretty much didn't look back. Now, there were. Lots of nights where I sat in the bath crying and not knowing how we were going to make ends meet. And it didn't start off with 100 people at a time. But, but people began to realize that there was something they needed to know and that this could show them a way to get there. It wasn't a passion for me to begin with. 
at all. It was survival. And I think this is something that's important to share because people go, well, I haven't found my purpose because I'm not burning in passion. I did not. It was when I wrote the book, after much nagging from people, when I wrote the book, I suddenly realized it had become real. When the publisher said to me, okay, we want to take your book, I went, okay, something's become very real right now. And it's asking to be shared. And then it became a full-on passion for me because it. I realized that the principles and, and the, the natural orders and more than anything as well, constellations themselves, which I'll explain, show they absolutely quantum leap you from where you are to where you want to be. So a constellation is a 3D version of what you hold in your head. And that's what we do with systemic work and constellations. So you come to me and you say to me, you know what, I always struggle with money. And I say, tell me about that. When did it start for you? What was happening in the time at, at the, that time? What did you make it mean about you? What did you make it mean about others? What do you want to stop? What do you want to start? And you give me a whole history. And maybe we identify mom, dad, you, sister, brother. And I say to you, okay. And then money. Don't forget money. And I say, okay. So I want you to set up a picture for me. Give me a picture of how everybody relates um, with respect to money and each other in, in the money situation. So we, we pick at a live event, a, a live representative for each one of those. And you would then say to me, okay, I want mom over here, dad's over there. I'm here in the middle, brother's just to the side. Actually, no, he's by mom, sister's over there. And then I begin to ask you questions because now you're you're seeing what's in your mind. So you're seeing it and you'll go, oh, no, maybe they're a little bit closer here. No, no, mom's definitely up. Dad's way over there. And I'll say to you, so where's money? Oh, well, money's kind of standing by me. But it's not really by mom or dad. It's, it's more by me. Hmm. And then I might say to you, tell me about your grandparents. Is there any history of wealth or any history of a really strong financial catastrophe? Oh, yes. And you might tell me that and we might put them in to see if that affects anything. Because the the representatives also start to move. Mm. So now you're seeing it, you're hearing it. You're hearing yourself say the sentences that come out in your family. In other words, the patterns that are there. You're feeling it. And as we start working with it, and I say to you, but okay, hold on a minute. They came from a mindset that didn't support money. And you come from a mindset that really does because you've learned. What part of you still finds itself loyal to that? Mm. And, and how do you want to switch that? Is it a conversation that says, hey, mom and dad, thank you so much for taking the chance and moving here. Because of you, I've been able to switch my mindset. So for you who couldn't, I can. But guess what, mom and dad? I still hold some of those doubts and fears because a part of me still wants to belong. Mm. And I might say to you, okay, how about you belong by showing a new way? And then you'll see your brain starts to rewire and the body starts to feel like, whoa, something's happening. And then the head, the heart, and the gut align. And when that happens, you start to shift your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And so it becomes an embodied aha transformational moment. And many people who've been struggling for, for years, for 20 years will come in and in an hour and a half, they're going, what happened? 
So, and, and we're able to do this. So we're literally making the unconscious conscious and the invisible visible, and you are rewiring your brain and your life in 3D. That's insane. I love that. It's insane. How did you figure this stuff out, Judy? Like in your journey, like how did it manifest? Because this is amazing. Yeah, Bert Hellinger was the one who actually figured this out. He's he's the father of this. Where I say I differ a little is they would look at the, the pattern in the family, whatever it was, could be relationships, could be illness, it can be anything. They would look at those patterns, they'd be able to trace it, and then they would give a sentence that stopped that pattern. Mm. Now, for me, that that's great, but I'm about and then what? I'm always an and then what? Yeah. I'm a Disney person. I, I have to plus. And so it was, that's fine. People would say to me, okay, but now what? Okay. And that's when I began to go a little different or a little bit further perhaps and say, so in the pattern that's been frustrating you, that's often a pattern trying to stop. Mm. The pattern that's trying to start is your heart's desire, that drive, that passion, that need. That's the pattern trying to start. And that's the chapter that only you can write. So we identified that. And that was by watching, as I was doing this work, watching people going, got it. That feels good. Now what? So we've added the now what? I love that. I love that. And in your world, Judy, when you started doing this for yourself, how how was it like the very first time trying to like navigate it for you, right? Like when you said the first time you spoke to money, I'm like, I love that you consider it a relationship because it's Absolutely. again like society just creates this money is the root of all evil. And, and you know, I've come to learn like, listen, money is actually and money in the right hands changes the world. It does. This is the thing. And this is what people don't understand. You've got lower level emotions and higher level emotions. If you couple lower level emotions to money, it becomes a commodity. But mm. if you couple higher level emotions to money, it becomes spiritual flow. Very different. Then it becomes spiritual flow. It does amazing things. It grows you. It grows your spirit. It grows what you're capable of doing. It grows the world. You are absolutely right. It's when we look at it through a very narrow lens of wrong, 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 that that's all it can be. So you're mm. the one who's either turning it into, into something remarkable or you're the one who's turning it into something that's not good. It's all your choice. Right. And so many of us have such a crappy relationship with money because oh, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I can't do money, you know, money. And I, yeah, no, it's not money and you. You're the one who's showcasing it, Peanut. Yeah. And it's crazy how deeply ingrained in our family line and like all of this is. And so until you have this conscious awareness of what it is and, and how does one even like even realize Judy? So like when you see somebody who's really struggling with it, what's the process that you take them through? Okay. So the first thing I ask them is, so why are you here? Now, one of my favorites is when somebody says, well, I want to get richer than I am now. I love that because I walk straight over to my wallet. I give them a penny and I say, you can leave now. The job's done. So be clear. Be clear about what it is that you want. Stop being afraid of it. It's not going to bite you. It's dying to partner with you in a good way. Stop being afraid of it. We're taught to be afraid of it. We are taught that if you have it, 
God's going to smite you. You're going to be in big trouble. You're you're a sinner. You're terrible. I mean, look at the people in the temple. No, that that's it's a very old meta pattern, and it's kept us locked down, because people who do make friends with money and understand it do tremendous good. I will tell you though, I've worked with billionaires, and I said to them, "So, what are you going to spend it on, or what are you spending it on?" They go, "What?" And I go, "What are you spending it on?" What do you mean? What am I spending it on? Well, you've got all the money. What are you doing with it? No, it's for security. So notice how they then go back to the scarcity mindset. And I said, no. Wow. Yep, money is, yep. Oh, yes. Money is flow, guys. What are you going to do? You can make magic here. What magic do you want to make? Money loves being used to make magic. So I will take somebody and say to them, okay, what's the dominant pattern? Where is your your money villain and where is your, your money motivator? They can tell me the money villain very quickly. The money motivator, not so much. And then the other thing is I start asking about money habits. Is it come, go, in, out, I don't look at it, I'm a hoarder, I'm an overspender, I'm an underspender, what am I? I buy love, I buy food to make love, I buy food because what what is going on? So we identify the pattern. Then we take the pattern and we set it out in front of them in 3D and we do a constellation. And they see very quickly where it's come from, how it is and isn't serving them and what they want differently. And then the next thing is to say to them, what money goal is so enticing that you cannot resist it and you have to commit to it? Because when it's exciting enough and you commit to it, it pulls you past all of your old excuses and pulls you into the now and it pulls you beyond that into the future. And for me, mine was, unsurprisingly, I really wanted Disney timeshare because I watched all of those people coming out of the timeshares at Disney and they looked very happy and very successful, like they kind of made it. So what I would do is every time I got extra, I'd tuck it into an envelope because my dad taught me envelopes from small. I still do envelopes, by the way. Don't I, I still do envelopes. But So I would tuck it away. And then my brother said they might be able to come over and visit from South Africa. And I said, I think I can help with accommodation. And I had a look and I had enough for accommodation and airfare. But I, I had enough that if I did the accommodation, that was going to be it. Or I could use it as a deposit for the timeshare and pay it off. And there was a timeshare. And I will tell you, the first time that I walked into that timeshare and took my family with me, when you make a dream come true once, you're going to want to do it again and again and again because it, it grows a part of your soul. You now know that you're co-creating with the universe and it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I love that you say that co-creating with the universe. And that's what a lot of people I feel like struggle with is the fact that like, oh, God's going to, if it's meant to be, this is, this is what's going to happen. And that's what's going to, and I'm like, guys, you have to make a conscious decision on what it is that you want. And you, then say yes to the decision. Yes. And then you can co-create with God. God's always guiding you. God, universe, whatever you resonate with. It's there. It's waiting there. for you. But you actually have to get off your duff and go and do something for that to happen too. Absolutely. And be something. This is the part we miss. You've got to do something and you've got to be something. 
So the doing part is, okay, we go and we put all the pieces into play. But if you're doing something and your head's going, we're doing, we're doing, and the heart's still closed, you won't get there. And if the gut is still squinched up, you won't get there. It's when your head, your heart, and your gut all say yes that you move. And that's both good and bad. If you say, I'm so stupid, and the heart goes, yes, you are, and it closes, and the gut goes, oh, my goodness, you've just you've just literally cast a spell on yourself. When you say, oh my goodness, my heart is so happy and I'm looking at that thing and I know I can do it. And the gut goes, oh, this is fun. And you go, we're doing it and you commit. That's your elevated emotions. Your brain has now told your body a story that your body can believe and we're on our way. Mm, absolutely. I love that, Judy. I love that. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's the biggest piece where people say when it comes to like the secret, right? Thoughts become things. I'm just going to say it and it's going to happen. Well, there's that whole action piece that has to integrate. Pamela, absolutely right. Thoughts become things, but things need guidance and things need commitment. In fact, I have somebody who I know will will smile when I I talk about it. She had this whole goal of being able to have her own space and place at Disney when she went to the event and she did that and then everything stopped. She'd raised the money for it. She got it all right. And then it stopped. I said to her, what happened? She said, I don't know. It just stopped. I said, but okay, what was your next goal for money? And she said, huh? And I said to her, uh, okay, if you don't permanently have a goal and a plan for money, it's going to stop because now it doesn't know what to do for you. Yes. You've got to have a direction and a goal. Absolutely. And take action behind it as well. Absolutely. And don't, don't cheat yourself. Absolutely. And Judy, if, if anyone who's listening right now, that's like, Ooh, I think I struggle with money. Like what would be the best piece of advice that you would give them to start? Like, how do you break out of this money shell? Two pieces of uh, three pieces. One consider the fact that money is a relationship and it's waiting for you. Number two, grab the book because there's a chapter in there that will tell you exactly what to do. Number three, I'm in Florida in November. Come and do that event. People come in and they go out very changed. I have people all the time who say, I've never had a financial year like this. After I did this, things just kind of went crazy because they get it. They know what to do and what to be. That's incredible, Judy. That's incredible. And one more thing I would say, where you are now is absolutely no measure of where you're going to wind up. It depends on you. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And just shifting that relationship could change everything. So, you know, if you just shift your mindset, open yourself up to it, create that relationship, like you said, and really take it to the next level. And so my next question, this is my favorite one. And I'm, I'm wondering where you're going to take it, you know, business, personal, whatever, whatever it is that you want to take it, Judy, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Oh, I know what it would be. Uh, it's it's a lovely question. My older self would tell my younger self, get started sooner, but relax. Mm-hmm. Just relax and enjoy the journey and understand that your life is an adventure. It's not just to it's not just to be there. It's an adventure. But I would I would say to my younger self, don't be scared. Because I know I've been scared plenty of times. Don't be scared. I absolutely love 
Judy. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And in your world, so you mentioned November that you've got this event coming up. What's happening in the next few months in, in your world? Like, what are you working on? Is there a new project coming up? There are new projects coming up. I, I'm working a lot on the victim mentality because that's got to go. Yes. We've glamorized, sanctified, sanitized, and everything you can imagine, the victim mindset, and it's keeping us very badly stuck. But as I look at it, for me, I see a trend wanting to emerge out of victim into co-creator because the opposite of victim is not perpetrator. It's mm -hmm. co-creator or mastery. And I'm waiting for that to happen. I think the thing that excites me the most is that we had the greatest generation after World War II. I see that possibility right now if people open their minds because once you start realizing your infinite potential and it's not difficult, it's not. Once you start realizing that and you really plug into it, we could change this to a remarkable place where we don't have to be victims. We don't have to be special. We don't have to have to have to have to. We can get out there and live incredible lives. Why live a normal, not even normal. I love normal, by the way. Why live, why live a below average life if you've got the opportunity to go and live an incredible life? I, I think of the, and there's always a way. I know that sounds easy to say, but I've been at nothing and not. But I remember in South Africa, it's always fascinated me. There were a group of, of high school kids and they graduated with nothing. No hope, no nothing, no money. There was nothing for them to do. And they were in one of the townships and about 30 of them got together and decided they were either going to do drugs or they needed to find something different to do. And so they went around and this is, this is dirt roads. They started filling all the holes with potholes. They mapped out that whole township and they filled the potholes with, with stones and with, and you know what happened? Because they were doing it, somebody noticed and they kept spreading the word. And eventually a college overseas said, we'll take all 30 of you and you can do engineering. There is always something you can do. That's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. Oh my goodness, Judy. I mean, like the work you do is it's like, it's so fascinating to me. And there's always like an evolution too. It's almost like you're always learning. How do you level up? I'm always learning and I'm, I'm always leveling up. I ask myself every day, what have you done today to make a difference, to be happy, to do something extra and to find the magic. And, and I will tell you, I watched a TV show last night. I probably shouldn't name it, but it's very well known. It's the talent show. And um, I think right at the end, I thought, you know, you can find, it doesn't matter how bad your circumstances are or what's happened. There is magic. Right at the end, right at the end, there were two women who sang for good from Wicked. Now, I'm going to have to speak. I'm going to have to take a, a moment because it was it was un, unbelievable. The one sang it to her child as he died. The other one sang it to her child as he received a new heart. The one was the mother of the first child. The one was mother of the second. And they sang it to each other. They really took an awful, awful 
awful situation and they made magic. And that's what we're capable of doing and it's what we should be doing. I absolutely love that. Imagine if you just focused on creating just a little bit of magic every single day. Every day. You know, that's something that I do every day, by the way. Before I before I walk out of my bedroom door, I go, let's go make a little magic today. I absolutely love that. And I hope that everyone who's listening just incorporates just a little, like, what little magic can you create today? And that's going to create worldwide impact. Imagine if just every person on this earth just did that, just even for even one moment in the day. One moment in the day, every day. I'm, I actually have things starting to happen that are going to center around that. And by the way, full disclosure, when I say let's go make a little magic, I have the most beautiful Siamese kitty. She's snow white with these gray ears. And um, she's the one who she sits on my bed. And before I go out the door, she gets a kiss on the head. And I go, okay, let's go make a little magic. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. I and anyone who's listening, just focus on creating just a little bit of magic every single day. And it's gonna shift your whole universe. It does. It shifts your mindset. Instead of those limiting thoughts being your library, yeah. you've now got liberating thoughts that are expanding your library. Uh, and by the way, it affects your body. You're no longer living by the, the biology of stress. And now you're starting to live by the biology of expansion. And that is very physical stuff. Absolutely. And you operate on a totally different frequency when you do that. Oh, you yeah. attract things that you wouldn't normally attract if you were just, you know, in that mindset. But you match the frequency, you attract more of what you want. Absolutely. Oh, and you asked me, uh, what else would I suggest? I have the meditation of the mother and the meditation of the father on my website. And those I created, co-created with person. I don't know if people are familiar with Joe Dispenza's work, the person that he uses to compose his music, composed the music for those two meditations. And wow. he is phenomenal. Barry Goldstein, absolutely phenomenal. Oh my goodness, Judy. I love that. I love it. I was just about to ask you, you know, everyone's been listening in intently on this episode and they're probably wondering where do I find Judy and her awesomeness? <laughs> they will find me in November at the event. They will find me online at judywilkins-smith.com. There's a ton of material on Spotify and on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. They will find me all over. Thank you so much, Judy. You are such an inspiration. I love the work that you're doing, the magic you're creating in this beautiful universe. And I'm just so excited to see how that event shakes out for you and just everything that you're up to is super exciting. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're amazing. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure and good luck with the girls. Thank you so much. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs. Underdog.